hello there. How are all you folks doing? My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo. If you're new here, welcome. This is a podcast exploring the world of fashion with the people who shape it. We're back, and I'll just say, oh man, it's been a weekend. I just got back from New York, and I will start by saying, first off, thank you to everyone who came out, said hey, came up to me, kicked it at the Standard and Strange event, all that good stuff. It was so good to see so many of you. This week we got a new one, and uh, I'll start by saying she's definitely not 100% in the menswear space, but she absolutely crushes it in the women's wear and jewelry space. And again, just like the other week, I gotta say, incredibly refreshing. I think I'm a bit brainwashed by social media because, you know, I remember when I was linked up with her and you look at people's pictures and you think, oh, I bet they're like this, or I bet they're super cool and way cooler than I'll ever be, or, you know, whatever sort of thing. Then you meet them and you're like, oh, uh, you're just a normal person with good taste and just trying to run a business. <laughs> I mean, Drew Ginsburg of Dylan Lex is always just a bit ahead of everyone. And whether it was being early to social media for fashion or what, I mean, she is a quintessential example of a designer and business owner of today's age. One who's constantly evolving her brand and asking herself how they are storytelling and meeting their customer. She's had her pieces on. Okay, I got to make sure I get this right. <laughs> Beyonce, Madonna, Gigi Hadid, Rihanna, Kendall Jenner, Usher, Jessica Alba, Dua Lipa, Cardi B. I mean, the list goes on. Oh, Lady Gaga. The list goes on and on and on. That's just a few. Uh, it's incredible. Drew and I discuss how social media has democratized fashion, how her pieces found her way over to Rihanna, the androgyny of jewelry, and what band she listens to to cry. We're back with a new blammo. Let's go. Thanks for joining. I I see you're you're covered in your gear right yeah. now. Yeah, got some jewels it's, on. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, I definitely want to talk to you about that and your you know your kind of career and stuff before then. So you were were originally from LA. Like, are you like born and raised? No, I'm actually from Philadelphia originally. Oh, really? You can't tell by my accent, but it will come out in some words. Whoa! But well, yeah, I'm from Philly. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Why why would you ever why would you ever leave the East Coast? What what brought you to LA? <sighs> like life. I think <laughs> I just need, like right now I'm staring at a view of like the mountains. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just you you get out and hike here and I needed that balance in my work life. Mm. Uh, because I was just home all the time working, grinding and I just it was I felt like I was like deteriorating. Well, when did you when did you come to LA? Six years ago. Okay. So, yeah. were you in school? Did you go to school in Philly, or did you go to school? Yeah, out here I, went, I went to Drexel. I was okay. I studied fashion design at Drexel. Uh, it was great. It was like a really good program. They had uh, co op and they had study abroad, which was awesome. So I got to like work, and then I also got to go to London School School of Fashion, which mm -hmm. was like a really great experience. But it was just sort of like you got so much. Um, out of the college like years i felt like mm -hmm. um and i feel like as a creative i was always really or just like as an artistic kid i feel like my parents were always just like worried that i wasn't gonna have a job <laughs> right right <laughs> you know like how to apply it so i think i was just like going implying to school i was like okay i don't want to go to an art school because i feel like that's like limiting me like 
there's going to be so many talented people there. And like, I'm not going to get as much as I can. Whereas the program at Drexel was like, you worked for a semester, you went to another school and learned other things. Like I learned how to like knit and like, I learned how to mm. you know do fat, like do back end of fashion shows. And I learned tailoring and like shoots. And I think I was just sort of like, I need to take in as much as I can. So I'm like securing myself post-college like I was like so fearful that I wouldn't get a job yeah I mean it's funny too because you talked about kind of like learning on the job I mean Mm -hmm. for most of the people that I know that like work in the industry they're like college was great and I got to learn a couple of these like basic things but everything that you know I use today is you know is either from the relationships I created on you know on the job but also I mean because I, I feel like, especially now with, because like, at least when I was in like school age, there, there wasn't social media, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think like MySpace had just kicked off. Yeah. So, and now, you know, you have fashion companies that are really based off of social media and that are based off of marketing. Uh, and that's like nothing that you can train for, you mm-hmm. know, unless you're, you're in the job. Like what, if, you know, if you were going to school and you were learning I don't know, social media, right? Like you're learning Instagram five years ago. Like it, it was nothing. It wasn't even shopping online. It wasn't any of this stuff. It's so crazy because I started my business through social media. Like Instagram was like how I started my brand. And I remember being so ashamed in the beginning, not ashamed, but like everyone was like, like, what are you doing? Like posting like random photos. And I was like, I don't know. I like, like it. And I would like do it late at night. But now oh, it's like you yeah. go to school for it. It's like this is so cr- it's it's really wild. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, yeah. I think there's there's a bit of a and in some ways too, like like I come from when fashion and Tumblr like became mm-hmm. very intertwined, and so yeah. like the early aughts, and that was that was like a time. And also, I think it was when I feel like fashion brands and like just the whole industry was finally starting to pay attention to um, digital, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. Like, right? Like, do you remember when, like, Prada and Louis Vuitton and, like, all Richemont brands and all those, like, they would never, they they were like, we would never sell online. Like, yeah. never, ever would do that. You know, and now that's like, you know, I mean, everyone sells online. But, like, in that time, there was kind of a magic, I feel like, that even now when some people are like, okay, I'm going to start a clothing company on Instagram mm-hmm. now, right? Like. I feel like it's way more difficult for them because it's almost like expected versus like what you were doing was new and different and yeah. people didn't really know the formula yet. And you're kind of, everyone's figuring it out together. Yeah. You know, I it mean, felt, I just, yeah. It felt more authentic because there was no like, oh, like this can really make money. Like no one knew <laughs> what it could do. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, I'm just putting myself out there in like a raw, real way. It's not like calculated. I'm not having like a calendar plotting out times I'm going to post and like what I'm going to post. It was just like truly things I love. And like, here it is. And like, it was just like raw. But yeah, it was right place, right time for sure. Because it's so overwhelming now. (laughs) Like my team was like, you got to get on TikTok. And I was like, fuck no. (laughs) Like, what the hell? Right. Like that's okay. So that's the thing is like, but you know what? You probably do need to get on TikTok. Look, I have been scared of getting on and I downloaded the app and I was like, "Mm, I'm not going to make an account. But so many people that I know 
have started to use TikTok now for their brands. Yeah. Because there's a whole other world of like people that never leave TikTok. They're like TikTok influencers for lack of a better term. Yeah. And they do crazy numbers. It's like just crazy numbers. Jeremy, I wish I listened to my business partner sooner because I'm I've been on it for a year. I went on it at like as the pandemic okay, happened. Okay. I was like, okay, I'm in my home. This is the time I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. And at first it was like rough. Like the community <laughs> just dragged me all the time. People are just ruthless on that fucking thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's crazy. But then I like found a crew like a good rhythm and we're like growing and it's grown our business on even on instagram it's really grown our business like people will say like we found your brand through tiktok and follow us on ig and then shop the brand you just have to keep at it i don't like whatever i'm not like a professional at tiktok but i feel like the more authentic you are you just you'll find a group that like really resonates with that yeah you know like I felt like I was trying at first and everyone was like, what the fuck is going on with this person? <laughs> like, well, wait, what was your first TikTok video? Is it still It up? was like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. It was like, a, I did the work from home like song by like Fifth Harmony. It was so nice. bad. Honestly, it was so bad. Everyone's like, what? Because like, no, it's a video. It's so different than like a still photo. So you have to like make sure every portion of the room looks normal. And it was just so oh, raw yeah. and disgusting. Like, it's just so bad. And I think the first viral video I had was like, I accidentally plugged in my charger as I was filming it and it made the like plug in noise. <laughs> and everyone yeah, like, was, com- yeah. And everyone <laughs> was commenting like, did you hear that charger noise? And I think it got like 2 million likes because people were like, did you hear that noise? Like all of the comments, like it wasn't anything about styling. It was just about the charger noise. That's genius. It was so stupid, but then it like made, <laughs> for some reason, like it made people start to find me. And then now I have like a really solid community on TikTok, you know, like we're building it up and still figuring it out, but like, it's great. It's been great. Yeah. I mean, I had this guy on yeah. the pod a yeah. year or so ago Yeah, and he's like a person who I think like pioneered the early sort of like, like, was jump, he doing like jump into outfits and stuff like oh that. Oh my right? God. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Look one. <laughs> Look too, you know. And I was asking him later. I was like, "What makes a good TikTok?" And he was like, "Um, I try to like be as real as possible, which I feel like is kind of a trite answer, right? Like, oh, yeah. sure, be authentic." But he was like, "I think with Instagram, over time, it evolved into being staged, like perfectly mm-hmm. staged, into which someone would be like." oh, crap, there's a Rubbermaid container in the corner. Like, we have to remove that. This isn't correct. Like, all these things. And TikTok is, like, really natural. And you see all sorts of things. And, like, people are falling in love with, like, the humanity of it. Like, the the phone charger noise makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because someone where it's, like, you know, previous pictures of you that were all perfectly lit or whatever it was. And now it's, like, oh, she or her battery's dead. Totally. I mean, it's a completely different community on TikTok versus Instagram. Um, But yeah, yeah, they like to see that you're human and that you like are kind of like just rough around the edges. We bring that we bring that to social media, like the IG, like for Instagram as well. Like all of our captions Mm -hmm. are just like calling like I would call myself out constantly, like with anything like, oh, like, I don't know. I would just like say stupid shit. And I feel like people like, again, that like 
realness where it's not like a curated like manicured brand where you guys spend a hundred thousand dollars on a photo shoot and it's like this perfect person selling you something it's like me being like yeah i feel weird but like doesn't this look cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think the pandemic magnified that a ton especially when you had you know celebrities or whatever types of folks that were that were popping on and being like i'm not getting out of bed like, Ch- mm-hmm. I don't know if you follow, there's a comedian named Chelsea Peretti. Um, her Instagram lately has evolved into her, like, reacting to people's TikToks. And <laughs> it's, it's just like she's watching a video of someone, like, cutting thread that, like, butterflies open. And she's yeah. just, like, you know, like, making a weird face to it. And I'm like, now there's a whole other world of, like, reaction videos of stuff that's already, it's, like, so meta <laughs> It's so interesting. That community is so interesting, but I like love, I've like fallen in love with it. I mean, I hate that I'm on the phone now all the time because before Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, Instagram, we do our lives, we do some video, whatever. Every morning there's a post that goes up. But now it's like TikTok is so much more engaging because it's like, I like will be on it and just like cracking up with myself. Like Mm -hmm. it just takes up so much of my time that I'm just like, okay, I need to put the phone down. Yeah. So you started your brand in 2012, 2013? 2013, yeah. Okay. And at the time, like you were kind of doing early social media stuff of just you and yourself with your jewelry, right? Well, so I didn't have my jewelry. I didn't make jewelry. I'm not a, I don't make, I don't know how to make jewelry. (laughs) It's basically the thing. Right. Um, I learned how to make it, um, but I went to school for fashion design. I would just take photos um, of just like vintage things. I would do a lot of like flea markets on the weekends. It was kind of like my way of just kind of getting out of my head. I would like drive to like Pennsylvania and go to like those flea markets. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would post things that I found just like vintage parts and also just like my outfits and just like random things. Um, Again, really just used it for the filters like Instagram. I just used it so I could print it out because at the time I was a clothing designer uh for urban outfitters ah because i was gonna say i was like clothing designer she's in, i was like gotta be urban outfitters. Yeah. yeah it's like the only yeah. place they they snatched me right out of college and so i like worked for them for like five years and i would travel and we did a lot of work in india and they have incredible jewelry in india so i'd like photograph things that i found and then i started kind of building out that community on instagram where you know people would be like where'd you get that like where's that piece of jewelry from and it kind of like grew organically that way. Oh, like I like post like I found this necklace and like string it strung it with something else and like people would ask for it. And it just like built up and up to the point that like Rihanna, the singer, was like, I need that. And I was like, Hello. <laughs> like it was so crazy that you could be- connect with someone like that and she could be asking for something and i was like well now i have to start making like i have to make jewelry uh because people are like really asking for it yeah because i'm not gonna lie like i knew you made clothes but i had thought the jewelry was first no i was i i designed clothing for like five six years before starting jewelry but i was hired at urban to do embellishments at first so like always gravitated towards heavily metaled pieces like my senior collection was at urban outfitters headquarters because drexel is based in philadelphia and my entire collection was like 
hand embellished these huge chunky sweaters with these really crazy like tribal patterns and I embellished all over them. I did this like really crazy leather waistband with embellishment on it. It was just like so nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they recruited me from that show. Um, Damn. Yeah. So Rihanna slides into your DMs. I don't even think there were DMs. I think she like wrote on my like on the like on the wall and was like, I need this. And I was well, like, what'd you do? At the time, so I started this company with my ex-boyfriend and his brother, who were also Philly-based. Um, and we were kind of like, you know, I was asking around, trying to find um, manufacturers in right. New York uh, for jewelry. Because obviously, I knew a lot about clothing, but like I was, jewelry was more new to me. Um, so one of my friends who's like in vintage, uh, he has a... a he owns Newfound and he has, he runs a current affair, which is the vintage show that happens like in New York, LA, all the yeah, things. Yeah. He connected me with uh, a, a jewelry designer and she shared her manufacturer and I went and met with them. And, you know, my partners at the, my business partner slash boyfriend and his brother at the time we would like go to New York. And like, I think right when Rihanna asked for it, we like stepped on it. We're like, we need to find a manufacturer ASAP. Um, and I got hooked up with this really incredible manufacturer that I still use to this day. He's like my number one guy in New York. Um, and we made a six piece necklace collection. Um, and I, I knew everything from start to finish, like on how to develop a product because of urban outfitters, because I knew how to like sketch something and make it happen in real life. Um, and they really gave me the tools to like understand margin and like all that stuff. So Mm. I like, made my six pieces put up a shopify website it was like (laughs) super basic um it was like all photos of me like lips down which is like our signature thing yeah yeah so you know and i think at at the beginning i did a lot of like faceless photos on our social so it kind of felt like you don't it's not like about me it's like about the jewelry Mm -hmm. and like the styling um and we just like sold out that first week Oh shit. And we shipped a bunch of stuff to Rihanna. <laughs> she wore it like all week long. Like it was cr- like it was just so cool. It was like crazy. Like stuff like that doesn't happen again. It's just like right place, right time. Like it could have yeah. been anyone else. And and also, I mean, it it's a testament to like what you built that you survived it because I feel like sometimes when you get some sort of like celebrity endorsement or plug it's great, but it can also be like the death of a brand yeah. because you ramp up all this production, you're doing everything you can to make sure you can sell. You, you don't have it. So people are trying to buy it and they're getting ticked off at you yeah. and you're like, okay. And so you invest all this money to make sure you do have it. And like anything that is tied to a you know celebrity, right? Like people will move on and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that the product isn't good, but like, it just means that like, they come and go. And then all of a sudden you're like, crap, we just spent, you know, seven figures trying to meet the demand from this. Cause like, I always feel bad from, uh, cause this is like pretty common too. I think with like people that'll get like in a movie or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the, the shoes that Brad Pitt wore and like once upon a time in Hollywood, like mm-hmm. Minnetonka is like going crazy, making them all. And now, you know, they're like, shit, like people aren't trying to buy these shoes except for Halloween now. Like, what do we do? Totally. Totally. <laughs> so, so like, how did you kind of navigate your way through that? Because now people don't know you as uh, the brand Rihanna wore. People know you as, you know, Dylan Lex, right? Um, I don't know. I think it was more just like we were so 
small. It was such a small team. And if mm-hmm. we didn't work with um, like PR companies or stylists right away, we worked directly with the person who wanted it. Basically, it was like they requested it and we mm-hmm. gave it to them. You know, we loaned it to them. So I think we didn't we didn't even think about, oh, we need to have like a thousand of this style. We were just sort of right. like, let's just give it to her, see what happens. Like, we don't know. Uh, we'll buy deeper into the things we actually believe in. We also weren't making that much product, so we could buy really deep into stuff. But like, I don't think that we like came at it with like big company energy. It was very like small. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we were just sort of like- I know like, exactly what you mean, yeah. <laughs> and like some celebrities, they don't move the needle at all. You know, like there are, Rihanna sells. I mean, obviously she has a brand now, so she knows, like she yeah. saw what she was doing for other companies and she was just like, she's smart. I mean, mm-hmm. she really moves the needle a lot. But some some celebrities like don't budge at all. Like no one's gonna buy, you know what I mean? Some, some people are just like completely uninterested in what they're wearing and more just like likes to watch the person. So I'm right. We're never like buying into being like, oh, this celebrity is wearing it. It's more just like, do we like it? <laughs> you know, like, do we think our customer is going to like it? Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Really, yeah. But then you did like get picked up by other celebrities, right? Like, yeah, I think, like the the Hadid effect, like started happening, right? Yeah. Well, so one of my friends who's now one of a dear friend, Monica Rose was uh, a stylist based in LA and she really gravitated towards my jewelry. And I, you know, we became close friends and she was styled, uh, Kendall and Kylie when they were like first starting and she mm-hmm. yeah she did the Hadids and like all that stuff and she really like took my jewelry and like added this really cool effect to it but yeah I started part like not partnering but I started becoming friends with a lot of stylists that would really just take the jewelry and just give it new life um, right so it was all just like very organic like nothing was like premeditated it was just like people reached out and we vibed and we were just like let's I'll give you what you need, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think especially the stylist relationship is key for any brand, you know, these days to like, just, excuse me, to just like be around those other types of folks because, but it it is also true where, I mean, I worked as a stylist for years and I had represented some huge clients and I'd also Mm -hmm. represented clients that were at the moment were not as desirable as others. Right. And I remember the, and this is kind of, I'm not like trying to like gossip, but like the bartering that was starting to happen in which, you know, I had one person and I was like, Hey, like we need a tux for this. And they're like, "Mm, we can do that, but this person has to wear one too. And I was like, I can't like, they're not, they're not game pieces. Like we got to Like, this is, this is the focus right now and we can move that. But like, but the cool thing is, and I feel like maybe the past I don't know, at least in menswear, like maybe the past five years or so, like very random people who were not viewed as like stylish or stylish people mm-hmm. are getting this crazy light on them. I think like the best example, like the extreme is like Jonah Hill, right? Because like Jonah Hill is all of a sudden or, you know, has been for the past, you know, five or some odd years, this like style God, mm-hmm. uh, because all he's done really is just be confident, right? Like it was yeah. not it was not anything super crazy or some partnership deal with whomever, Mm -hmm. but you know, 
everyone's just like, Jonah Hill looks cool. And he's just like confident and he's wearing whatever he wants to wear. And he was, I mean, he was wearing like the row, right? I mean, it's not like he wasn't wearing like a bad Wait, brand. I didn't know about Jonah Hill. This is like, I got oh, yeah. to Google Jonah Hill. Yeah. Jo- like Jonah Hill. And this has been the exciting thing is because I think in the past you had, I think people like this, the stylist, stylish people, I feel like were heavily influenced by what um, bigger magazines were saying, yeah, you know, yeah. Vogue was saying this woman is the person. And when thanks to like social media, you had like one random influencer or someone else who would call out a different person and they have a huge following. I mean, like you yourself have become that for other brands, right? Mm-hmm. Like you as a designer mm-hmm. into which, you know, it's, it's not so much like an A-list actor anymore. It's turned into social media and a large following just calling someone out for being authentic. Yeah. And so with Jonah Hill, I mean, that happened, I don't know, yeah, like five or some odd years ago where all these people were like, oh, like I don't need to have all these things to be like the cool menswear person. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm just, it's turned like the attitude of what you have yeah. has been more about like the stuff. But I was curious if you've seen that with anyone else lately, like on the women's side. I feel like that's an interesting call out of like, there's, there's this thing in fashion where it's like very like, I don't know. I never liked this part of the business where it's like, you have to go to desk sides and you have to go to like these magazines and sit in these rooms and like people just judge you. Like I never, I just part of the, part of the business I just don't like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I was always like, I'm only doing direct to consumer because I don't want to be, I don't want to deal with like that whole side of the world, like the industry. Um, yeah. And so I'm like very thankful that now it's like cool to be just a fucking real person. <laughs> I like <laughs> have got, like, like I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm happy that like there's room for that now in fashion because it would have made me leave if I had to do like the typical thing of going to those like Vogue rooms and just like all these catty people just like being super like, who do you know? Like who's, you know? Yeah. I, I think, mean, that, it's awful. <laughs> I think everyone says like, yeah, social media is such like a, a tough place, but honestly it's, it's, it's good and bad. And I think it allows just more room for a diverse group of like just more people to just like shine without having to be like, Oh, I'm connected to like X, Y, and Z, you know? Yeah. Um, And I mean, I think it lets, it lets brands that didn't, that may not have had that friend of a friend who works at where, or had an insanely deep pocketbook to purchase you know, half a million dollars in advertising across like Condé mags yeah. to start getting featured. Cause I mean, that's, that's also the truth too, is a lot of these companies. And I mean, I say it cause I like worked around it and it would just be like, Oh, we need to feature these brands too. And I'd always be like, why? Uh, and they're like, Oh, they're advertisers. And I was like, well, if their shit isn't good, like, why are we, Yeah, you know, but like you had to do it, but thankfully, you know, now with social media and stuff, like you can exist. And if you're hot, like, the world tells you (laughs) yeah like that's the best thing it's like i want the world to tell me i don't want these like elite people to be like "Mm, we already have statement jewelry so you know like i mean did that happen to you yeah it did it was like really it wasn't a great experience and it's fine and like i think 
it made me want to do it myself. It made me put myself out there more because I was like, I'm not going to get in that way. But I love doing this. And it seems to resonate with people. So I'm just going to keep going on Instagram and see what happens. Um, And, you know, I was really uh, smart about the product that I was putting out. Like I wasn't make making myself follow the rules of being like, I need, I need a launch every season. I need sub collections. Mm. I need this. I need that. I was just really tight with it. So I didn't really, I was self-funded. We're still self-funded. Like really, that's great. I didn't need any, we didn't need anything. Um, which was, which was cool, which was good. Cause I've definitely seen from the time we started brands grow too big, too fast. And they lose like the soul. And that's the thing is I think of some brand that's, um, I don't know. Okay. Do you remember the, uh, the not a plastic bag totes that everyone was obsessed with? Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there you go. Like there, there'd be things like that. Um, and it's just, it's tough because I feel like that there are amazing people that work at these other companies, but like sometimes like when you get super hot, it's like a death rattle. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you get like thrown in and people are like, oh, well, now I want to invest. But now you have to you have to meet these numbers. And you're just sort of like trying to figure out what to do rather than being like, what? How do we want to grow? What does our customer want? How is how can we make this like really scalable so it has like real life? You know, mm. that's mm. like the constant thought I'm having and the constant like thing I'm you know talking about my business partner being like, how do we what is Dylan Lex? Like, how do we make this thing? Like, what do we what do we think, what do we want this to be? Um, and not just being like, not giving it a time limit because we have investors that are like nipping at our heels to be like, you need to meet these numbers and you need to have X, Y, and Z, you know, X collections. I feel like that's, that's something too, where there's a few designers where I feel like now who used to only show seasonally. Right. And Mm -hmm. now they're like, wait, what was I doing? Like this, (laughs) this stuff that I made a year ago is still great. Yeah. And I spend so much time doing it. Like, why, do, why can I not make that anymore? Yeah. And now you're seeing people make, you know, collections, you know, air quote, which are just, you know, and there'll be a lot of things that are recurring and maybe they'll alter color palette or a fabric here, but it's like, it's, they're kind of continuing to make the same thing. And I think the best example is you look at the biggest luxury clothing companies. You look mm-hmm. at like Lord Piana, mm-hmm. Buccinelli, stuff like that. Like every, seasonal collection is kind of the same thing with just mm-hmm. a slight alteration and i feel like that's good yep. people used to be like no that's dumb and it's like no no no. like i want to buy clothes from the same brand of something like five years ago and know that it works with what i'm buying right now like exactly. i don't want to deal like reevaluate my look every season totally and it's so overwhelming it's like a 70 piece collection and you're like whoa what the like it's so much like yeah. you don't need that much it's crazy. We we're running the same jewelry. Some of our pieces are from the first collection. Oh damn. Yeah, they're like 7 years old, you know? And it's I mean, statement jewelry comes in and out and it comes in different forms, but I feel like the the idea of just like having an eclectic thing going on is like it, always happening. So yeah. like I'm never pressuring myself to be like we need an entirely new thing. If anything, I'm always pushing back on my team to be like, we need to reduce. Like we need to get, get back to like the core items. Like I don't want to have like tons of product on the site. Like I want to have a clear mm. point of view. I want to have the gold stuff, the silver stuff, the colorful pieces. Like I want to tighten it up. 
because yeah. it's just a lot. Yeah. How have you, what are your thoughts been on, on how I feel like there's been almost like a gender fluidity lately with jewelry too, into which oh I've God, seen a it. lot of, yeah, it's great. Like thanks to people like Harry Styles and a lot of other folks, like you're seeing, you know, I was in New York over the weekend, a bunch of dudes wearing pearl necklaces. Yeah. It's like, it's a vibe Wait, now. this is the TikToker thing. This is just- Okay, hold on. Now. I credit educate me. Male TikTokers. Okay, this is embarrassing. I'm so embarrassed that I'm no, this is great. talking about TikTok, which I'm like not even. I don't <laughs> even have like a big following. Whatever. Anyways, the guy, like, like the teenage dudes on TikTok are so androgynous and so amazing. They're wearing like pearl earrings, pearl necklaces. Ooh. I feel like the community on TikTok. There's a lot of dudes that are wearing jewels and i feel like it's becoming this trendy thing with like millennials and younger yeah um, to wear jewels and i love it i'm like very here for it it's really cool and it's cool too because i feel like when i was in school um you know i'm kind of old but like in elementary school the only jewels that you would see would be like a a girl wearing like a tiffany you know charm Uh necklace or something like that oh yeah and now like everyone's got all sorts of stuff and it's not because it used to, with guys it'd be like a watch and that would yeah. be like, or like a tiny chain yeah. and now i'm serious like you know i was walking down the street and you have a lot of people piercing their ears um a buddy of mine does trend reporting and he's like like male ear piercing is up like 12 you know 1200 percent and just yeah. just like everyone's like getting earrings and rings and it's just it's happening I mean, accessories are such a good form of expression. Uh, it's making, I'm like smiling at, like, <laughs> at you. You can see me if no one else can. But I think, I think it's so cool. Like it really just makes me so proud uh, seeing guys feel comfortable wearing jewels and just how, how this kind of thing has come back. And I hope it's here to stay. Because I do, every time I put my jewelry on, I'm like, I feel more myself. Mm. I don't know. It makes such a different statement than clothing, I feel. Well, yeah. And you can also, because it's obviously on you and then whatever clothing you're wearing is slightly altering that aesthetic yeah. a tiny bit, right? So yeah. you might wear something formal and it has that idea and you might wear something a little bit more casual. Yeah. I mean, I totally hear you because <laughs> there's a, uh, I've gotten into like pinky rings. Like I, I wanted to get like a Signet pinky ring. Yeah. Um, And I ordered one. I'm still waiting for it. But like. I saw, and this is so tacky, but like, like old, super old, like British dudes, like you would wear your wedding ring and your pinky ring yeah. together. That's cool. On, this, on the same finger. I'm like, yeah. Cause like, you know, I've debated like, okay, like, should I get a pearl necklace? I was like, should I? You I should didn't... try. Well, <laughs> like, you don't have to get like the exact, like, I think, I think just allow it to open up your mind to be like, I kind of like that. Let me do it. I don't know if you should go out and get like exactly what. I don't know the TikTok, like twelve-year-old TikTok kids are wearing, but like, yeah, probably not the greatest idea. But yeah, but I just like I like that younger the younger people. I'm saying this like I'm eighty, <laughs> but I just like that kids are growing up with like more of like you're seeing everyone around you just be way more expressive and mm. way more just like fluid, and I love that because I think I mean I'm thirty-five. So okay, I grew I'm thirty-six. Up yeah. So I grew up like, I feel like the guys were like dudes and they like played sports and like, you know, and like they, no one wore jewelry. I, no. I was so into. Maybe a puka shell. Maybe, maybe I have <laughs> yeah, necklace. Yeah, I was like, I have a necklace. But like, 
I remember gravitating towards like skaters in college because it was like they were more like I don't know artsy. I just like I'm, I'm so excited that that a lot of females or just like anyone is going to grow up like it's more fluid to wear whatever the fuck you want to be wearing. I think that's yeah. cool. I did kind of dip my toe into like men's makeup. Um, what <laughs> what kind of makeup? <laughs> Tell me more about this. So I will say this: it was a gift. But the Tom Ford, the Tom okay. Ford folks sent me okay. a bunch of makeup. It mm-hmm. was like men's makeup. Okay. And um, I was like, why not? You know, and my wife was like, like, are you going to wear makeup? And I was like, you know, I'm not like, it's not like I'm wearing lipstick and a bunch of stuff. But I was like, oh, there's some cool foundation. Like there's some, because yeah. I was like, I've always worn eye cream and moisturizer and I'll use a mask on occasion. But yeah. like, this is, you know, tint. And you have foundation and you have all sorts of stuff. And then we watched, um, oh my God, it's so bad that that BBC show, the like make it's on Netflix, like the makeup contest show. You you have to watch it. I it's, need to watch it. It's perfectly bad and incredibly good at the same time because like okay. it's a reality show that's like kind of cheesy, but it's yeah. it's just it's it's incredible. Um but they're like they call everyone MUAs, like makeup artists, which uh-huh. I didn't know is is a vibe, but like uh, they were, there's a lot of, you know, men on there that are also makeup artists and they do their own makeup. And I was looking at this and in like the, like Tom Ford thing, it's like, start here and try this. And I'm like, kind of into it. And now if I'm like going to go out, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put like the time. I mean, we're talking like a Tic Tac size here, Listen, right? Like a bit of like, bronze. <laughs> don't, don't downplay this. I always think about this with men because you, like we have blemishes and pimples like don't you yeah. ever want to co- i feel like covering it up is like totally the polite thing to do i don't want to stare at like, your <laughs> fucking white head i'm sorry like pop it and cover it up you know yeah so i feel like i'm into you it you should be proud mm. that you are open to this don't downplay this yeah right? i i casually mentioned it to my father-in-law and he was like what and i was like <laughs> he's like no 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 you shouldn't be doing that and i was like but like, I already put like lotion on my face yeah. and like, I use chapstick. I like, you know, I have like, to be honest, I wear a hat almost all times anyway, cause I'm bald and like, I can't go out. I saw my dermatologist and he's like, if you ever go outside and you don't have a hat on, that's an issue. And I was like, I'm 36. And he's like, yeah, you got some spots that we need to pull out. You, you listen. I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So it's Live a joke. truth. I think makeup should be normalized for all humans of the world. Like, Heard. I'd wear makeup if I was a dude. Well, I don't know if I'd wear, like, shadow. I mean, I could wear shadow. But, like, you know, if I had a pimple, I'd totally cover it up. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not doing, like, eyeshadow or whatever. But, I, you know, a friend of mine who does wear makeup, he's like, oh, no, no. He's like, I wear mascara now. I wear eyeshadow. Sick. And Love I saw that. him in New York over, you know, while I was there. And I was like, dude, you look great. And he's like, I wear makeup, makeup now. Makeup. <laughs> It just enhances. Like, why do you think women wear it? It's like, it makes us feel better. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he looked like a million bucks. I mean, he looked fucking great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, okay. on that note, we have yeah. a series of random questions. Uh, if you were making a YouTube how-to video, what would mm-hmm. the subject be? How to breathe. <laughs> with How to breathe. Yeah. I like it. Just like something calm i feel like everyone's videos are just like doing the most i want to teach people how to do the least and just breathe what a great answer holy shit 
Is it? I don't know. But... Yeah. Are you into ASMR? No. Which, by the way, I'll be very clear, is audio sensory meridian. Yes, 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 yes. It is not. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know what it is, and I always feel like, oh, I should watch that. I probably really like it, and then I just never do. It's it's a little weird to get used to. Um, I feel like I just don't have time. Like, I'm like, if I'm actually... Because you're making you know videos what? about how to be calm. I mean, that's a problem. <laughs> actually, I I have listened to this um, podcast on, on Spotify. It's called The Walking Pod. Have you heard of this? I have not. It's just a man walking. <laughs> that sounds... That's ASMR, Good? right? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, ASMR is different for most people. ASMR is usually some form of whispers. Hmm. Or, um, it's, but it's always on a stereo recording, right? Because yeah. what triggers ASMR is, um, is usually what are called, like, binaural recordings, which is mm-hmm. uh, recordings where they'll put the microphones where your ears are. So it'll be like someone, like a binaural headset. You know, uh-huh. it's like a headphones that have microphones where your ears are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk around and do things and it sounds like virtual reality, right? And so a lot of ASMR is that. But other people get triggered ASMR stuff from um, painting, uh, breathing. So there's a lot of like calm stuff on like yeah. the Calm app and yeah. like what you were talking about. Where it's like how to breathe. Like yeah. people will listen to those and they're all ASMR to, to calm you down and, and uh, you know, yeah, teach you how to breathe, teach yeah. you. Uh, meditation exercises, yeah. Because you know, one will be like, "Think of a leaf <laughs> falling from a tree, and you reach your hand, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm catching a leaf.' <laughs> it's like you missed the leaf, mm-hmm. and now you'll try again. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, where? Like, get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh, I listen to my podcast at like three x, and do you catch the fucking leaf or not? <laughs> Dying, like how you never you never catch the leaf, and you—that's the whole point. You're you're standing in front of a tree trying to catch a leaf, and you always miss it, and the wind's blowing it away. That's heartbreaking, (laughs) like on so many levels. Yeah, I mean that's that's ASMR for you. Um, Okay. What is the last movie you saw? Oh my god, this is going to be so embarrassing. Um, Love potion number nine. Love potion number nine. How do I know that? With Sandra Bullock and oh, I forget that guy's name, but they're chemists and they find this potion that makes people fall in love with them. Oh yeah, yeah. This is from the nineties. Okay, yeah. this is why I know this. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you like it? I mean, it was good. It was good. It was like I have a. I I love just cozying up and watching like bad 80s 90s movies so mm. i don't think there's really been any good movies in the past you know 10 years only because i feel like the movies i want to watch now like nothing happens where it's like it's not a big deal it's not yeah. like oh my god the world's gonna end we have five minutes and we need superheroes to save us it's like i got into a fight and i like this person and they don't like me and oh darn it i spilled my milkshake you know it's just like <laughs> What's the last movie you've watched? <laughs> For me, uh, I yeah. watch a lot of kids' movies. Like, okay. But, um, like, with your kid, not, like, by yourself. No, I'll watch them by myself. Like, really? But, but it's more of, like, when I was a kid. Like, I oh, yeah. I watched, like, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Oh, and, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Beverly Wait, Hills Ninja. And are you I guess considering it's not a kid's those movie. kid movies? Yeah, yeah I, I just like, realized that. 
Those are advanced movies. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I don't mean like watching Aladdin. You know, it's yeah. like which yeah. like also don't knock it till you try it. It's true. Aladdin is pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's um, fair. <laughs> like I've definitely watched Hocus Pocus in like the last month. But Hocus Pocus, I feel like, is now more a like adult movie. Yeah, because movie. the kids that watched it growing up are now adults. Ah, uh, <laughs> touche. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But like uh, on an airplane, like the guy next to me is watching Dune. You know, someone near me is watching Succession, and I'm watching Tommy Boy. Yeah, like, well, I do the same thing. I wonder if it's like our generation or just like nostalgic. I think it's nostalgic and a desire to escape my current reality. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god, another sad. It's like the leaf. <laughs> you never catch it. Um, You're never gonna catch it. What is the last album you heard? Album, like full album. Yeah, like something you were like, I put this on and I listened to it, and it and it started and it ended. Or do you not listen to albums anymore? That's okay too. I don't. No wrong I don't answer. think I've listened to an album in a really long time, and I think it's it must be like Bon Iver, if an if like oh. a full album. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Like, which Bon Iver album? There's a right and a wrong answer. The one that has like this. Oh no! I know what album it is. Seeger Rose. Seeger Ross. Seeger Rose. I always do it wrong. You see the poster behind me? Is that a Seeger poster? It's Seeger Rose. Yeah, I really. I used to work in the music industry and worked with Yonzi and those guys, and that was <gasps> from a live show that we did at uh, MoMA. Actually, um, oh my I, god, it was from. I don't. I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was June two thousand eight. Oh my god! I love. Jonesy so much. Yeah. Here's here's a weird super cool. funny dude. Yeah, but like the best shows. Oh my God. Yes. That's yeah, so they so played like in cool. the main, like lower level at MoMA. And so That's I really mean it was cool. awesome too, because it was when they had Amina, which was um Amina was I think one of the dude's girlfriends. It was a four piece band, one of them mm-hmm. uh four Islamic women. One of them she played the saw, like a you know, like a, a, like a saw, like a physical. Yeah. Yeah. So she'd play that with a bow, but they were, Amina would come out and they did their first show and then Seagros would come on and play. And then Amina would come out in the middle of Seagros' set. And then they were like the backing, the additional backing band of Seagros. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. They're like, something about them like moves me. Like I am like a sarcastic asshole and like, <laughs> <laughs> something about Seeger, and I always just say Seeger because I can never pronounce the last name, and everyone always thinks I'm talking about Bob Seeger. Which yeah, is I was going to say, you said Seeger, and I was like, okay, she's into Bob Seeger. All right. She's from Philly, I, can... I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but Talk, that album Talk, like, something mm-hmm. about it, I just, I end up in tears. Like, anytime I see them, I'm hysterically crying. Uh, yeah, so um, I will listen to Seeger Rose and, like, walk through new york and there will be Ugh. like random times where i'm like in tears bawling yeah. and i'm like you know and it's weird stuff because you'll be like man i want this song like played at like my funeral or something because it's yeah. like all these things it's like a, an emotional journey of like sadness and happiness and like redemption and i don't understand any of the words yonzi says yeah um but it's yep. delightful <laughs> it is yeah everything i will never catch the leaf um <laughs> what comments- what is the last thing you bought online? Probably slippers. <laughs> oh yeah, what'd you get? Oh, slippers, yeah. like house slippers, is very much a thing. Like people yes, will argue have... over Birkenstocks or Hofflingers or Crocs or all yeah, sorts of no, stuff. no, no. I just like true like hotel slippers. Okay, like I like 
just slippers and I think it's become a it's it's always been a thing I feel like for LA people just to be obnoxious and like wear slippers out but like I genuinely just like love it okay are you for or against Belgians then what the hell are Belgians? Oh, shit. We got to end this conversation. No, I'm kidding. Really? No, I'm kidding. What? So Belgians, like, look up Belgian slippers. Like, they are, um, it's like the quintessential New York shoe. Um, and they're, the, they're probably the greatest shoes ever. You can, I don't know if you can buy them online. I think, yeah, you can't buy them online. Like loafers? Yeah. Like penny but, loafers? But they're, they're slippers. Are they? They have yeah. a soul. Well, the the Mr. Casual, so the the like quintessential Belgian shoe uh-huh. is is like a house slipper and it's on a leather sole, but it's like a very very thin calfskin that is wrapped under basically wool. Like at the the bottom of the shoe is wool. And so what people do is you buy a pair of Belgians, you wear mm-hmm. them for a little bit, you scuff mm-hmm. them up and then they'll put a topi on the bottom, like a little cover, and then you can rock them all over the city. Wow. Oh yeah, Belgians like I've people never go heard nuts. of Belgians. I think it's more of a menswear thing, but it's also yeah. like a very like rich Upper East Side woman vibe, you know. Yeah. She's yeah. got like her Birkin bag and like 50 different color Belgians that you like. Yeah, like this is what I imagine like San Franciscan people wearing like vests. Like <laughs> Belgians are like that the New York. Yeah, they're Birk. but anyway, a friend of mine has Belgians and he only wears them inside. Like that's, that's his thing is he's like, it's a house slipper. So I only wear it in the house. And I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, no, they have a soul. You can totally wear those outside. I know, but, but that's his thing. He, that's he, so, no, mine are like, just like literally like $10 slippers, like just oh. like slippers. Well, you, you don't know don't what know. your feet are missing. What about the arch support? I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I have like flat feet. I'm like barefoot a lot. I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> you're like, dude, shut up. I'm like, stop judging me. There's no judgment. I feel like I'm on a death side right now. Damn. Uh, <laughs> kidding. All right. What is a movie or book that when someone mentions, you feel that they understand you? Okay. Well, there's two books. Okay. The Overstory by Richard Powers. Overstory. Anyone who is listening to this, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Get this book. The human existence depends on it. It's a novel. It, it moved the hell out of me i've never felt so connected to like trees and to the earth the way that he right sorry you're gonna be like this person's psychotic no 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 it's great because you i mean i i googled it while you told me and it says the book is about five trees whose unique life experiences with nine americans bring them together to address the destruction of forests it's like fern gully the book oh my god fern gully also would be the movie Another book I love, honestly, Overstory will change your life or just make you feel like we need to save the earth and also like be kind. I don't know. It just will make you, it will make you think in a different way about so many things. The other book I really love is A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius by Dave Eggers. Okay. He, the way he, I just like, what a fucking cool guy. I had such a like while I was reading this book I was like I love this person <laughs> like googling him like hello <laughs> this book though hits like in a in a good way it's like about how he raised his brother and you know he's got this saltiness to him and the sense of humor and it just it really struck a chord with me and I really I really connected with that book that's awesome um 
on that note, you should also listen to um, Celebrity Book Club, Chelsea Devontes. Uh-huh. Okay. She uh, she does a podcast. Her she did this before she became. She's her main job is she's the head writer of the 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 problem with John Stewart, the new sort of like. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. But bef- you know she's a TV writer, but she does uh, a podcast of like women celebrity books, and mm-hmm. then what's cool is she reads the book and then she brings a friend on and they talk about the book together and it's freaking crazy. Uh, I mean, you know, she's done, I don't know, maybe like 30, 40, 50 episodes or something by now, but like, it's a great show and it's basically like this book club podcast. And it's, I mean, she crushes it and it's cause I'm not really, you know, into, I don't know, uh, the Shania Twain biography or whatever, but uh-huh. I all of a sudden was for like two hours. I mean, it's, it was, <laughs> two it was hours. great. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely going to check it out. Thank you. For definitely that. check out her pod, especially if you're yeah. into, you know, if you're into books, cause there's a lot of book pods, but most are, I was, of, a, I like, was a late book bloomer. Honestly, most of my life has been spent watching movies like St. Elmo's fire, ghost, fern gully. Like I love such a, Practical Magic, just like random ass fucking movies. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like now I'm like, oh, I I also can read. So I'm like trying to like you know take in all of that as well. Oh know. no, it's little, I during the pandemic I like yeah I rediscovered uh, audiobooks. So yeah, I you know I and all the stuff I read as you can see back there, it's a bunch of like World War Two and stupid. But they're awesome books. It's not stupid. It's important. <laughs> well, of course, yes. Yeah. But like, I, yeah, like a friend of mine will be telling me about some new book that came out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm still reading about the Pacific Theater. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Audiobooks will fuck with me though, because it's like if the narrator, if their voice is annoying, yes. I, I'm out. There was one I had to stop listening to because the person made mouth noises. No, it's you could hear much. them drinking water or like licking their lips. It was disgusting. I absolutely hate that. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it's the only negative audiobook review I've ever written in my life. I they was like, can't handle this you, dude. Yeah, where you can like option like different people. You know, like they should definitely have multiple. Yeah, there you go. Choose your own narrator. Um, last question. Uh huh. What non-clothing brand would be the brand that you'd want to collaborate with? What brands do I like? Just don't say Tesla or something. Oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? If anything, it'd be Rivian, which like I'm still trying, <laughs> still trying to get my pickup truck. Really? Did um, you order one? Yeah, I've been on the wait list for like two fucking years. Are you a car person? No, but I I think pickup trucks are highly functional cars. Okay. I want to, I like camping. I like being Fair. outside. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of shit I need to cart with like clothes and accessories and like, I just want to throw it all in and just go. And I feel like pickup trucks are so antiquated. And I found Rivian like two years ago and I was like, I need this pickup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I so, mean, the, people were into them because they like, I think there's one that has a, a grill built in. Yeah. You can like, I didn't get that one, but. Yeah, you can get like hardcore shit going on. So I'll send you a pic when I get mine. In yeah, the year I got 2024. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to see the, the the Rivian. Oh, they they are called adventure vehicles. I was just 
Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And they don't look, I mean, for some reason, all electric cars look like so ridiculous. Like they're just ridiculous looking and I'm not really sure why, but I feel like Rivian's like has a good look to it. It's almost like a, a Range rover vibe. It No, you're exactly right. It definitely you know? is a Range Rover vibe. Yeah. They're not crazy. I thought they were like half a million dollar cars. I mean, yeah. it's not. A, no, they're not. They're not. I mean, on the scheme of things, it's like you can get like a. Uh, did like you order outfit. the three person tent? <laughs> no, I wasn't like a total asshole about the whole thing. I, I got like a basic. <laughs> I just want a pickup. I got like a hunter green pickup. Beautiful. Truck. Okay. Yeah. That I have been waiting for. Where's the first place you're going to camp? I just want to drive up the coast. I want to go to Big Sur, probably. But maybe like not that far because I'm like still unclear about like how to how to plug in, like where their stations will be. <laughs> if, <laughs> so you're, probably if you're like, in California, chances are you're going to be somewhat close to a charging station. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'll be good. But, but yeah, I'm going to be a basic bitch and just like go camp at Big Sur. <laughs> that's not a, that's um, a, that's a good wait, idea. Wait, I'm... I'm still thinking of the the brand I'd collaborate with, and I think it'd be like a like a Crayola type deal, like drawing. Oh, you know, like a okay. cool. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I connect with my nieces with like art stuff, and it'd be fun to do like a cool collaboration that would be with like you know making just like really fun metallic colors. I yeah, don't know. that's great. No, I mean I'm engulfed with all art and stuff. My that's all my four-year-old wants to do. Cause we also like, we're pretty hard limits on screen time. So yeah, uh, that's it's literally such an well, important time. Oh, yeah. Like it's such an important time for kids. And I feel like, I don't know. I'm just like, I, I find that the coloring time with my niece is so special and so nice that I'm, I feel like, I don't know. It's good. Plus I like shadily want to be an art teacher when I retire. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, I'm going to be Miss Lippy. Miss Lippy. Nice. Minus the glue. Sure. Okay. Sure. Well, Drew, this was a pleasure. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. For coming on. And I'm glad we got to do this. All right. I'll see you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. We're edited by Amar Lal. Our theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, you know the drill. Share the pod with a friend, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, do all the deals. You can find a huge back catalog of our other episodes on the feed. Dive in. They're all great. If you want to talk to us and give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us and leave us a message and we'll put it in a future episode. Or just send us an email at info at blamopod.com. If you want to hang with us and join the Blam fam, visit patreon.com forward slash blamo where we have tons of exclusive episodes in our amazing Slack community. All right, that's it for me. I'll see you soon.